New highs for equities in the United States, a strong bond auction over there as well, and inflation showing signs of easing. So what does all that mean for the Fed's taping decision? And what's happening with oil? It's being pulled in all directions, and that really explains the volatility which we've been seeing. Which way will it ultimately break free? It's Thursday, the 12th of August, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, a similar story to yesterday for U.S. equities. We've got rises in the Dow and the S&P, but a 0.3% fall in the Nasdaq. The the Dow is up almost 0.6% to a new high. Once again, it's the banks doing well, energy stocks, telcos, groceries, and NVIDIA, who made the graphics drivers for computers and mobile phones. They're down 1.5% today, although they are coming down from an all-time high last week. Uh, There's been a 0.2% fall in the US dollar, taking it back uh, to where it was on the DXY index at the start of the week. The pound and the euro both up almost 0.2%. The Aussie dollar up over 0.3%. It was up more than that earlier. The Kiwi dollar almost half percent up. And in the bond markets, US 10-year treasuries have weakened a little, taking off the two basis point rising yields that we saw yesterday. And oil pushing higher still, another 1.5% on WTI, getting close to $70 a barrel, a 1.3% rise in Brent around $71.50. But let's remember where it has been, of course, because it was over 76 at the end of last month. Uh, we've seen enormous volatility, haven't we, in oil in the last few months? So we'll talk about that today. But uh, first of all, what about the Aussie dollar? Uh, let's talk about that first of all with David DeGarris from NAB in London. Uh, we, I mean, we've got lockdowns now for, for God knows how long, but the, the Aussie managing to climb back a bit up to 73, 75, uh, which is where it was second half of last week. Um, But, you know, no good news to support the Aussie dollar. No, it's really been a US dollar story, hasn't Mm. it? Um, I think sort of maybe helping it a little bit on the crosses, particularly against the Kiwi, is that just in the last little while, Kiwi dollars had a lot of, you know, positive yield news uh, priced in, you know, ahead of um, their meeting next week. But apart from that, you mentioned oil, but I think it's more about – CPI. Uh, what's happening on the inflation front yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. and, you know, what that means for the Fed and so forth. Yeah, well, no big, no upside surprise was there on the US CPI numbers. Uh, no. The rise we've been seeing has slowed down, which obviously is some relief to the markets and some relief to the Fed, I should imagine, as well. I would think so. Um, the market was expecting the headline to rise by 0.5, but I guess there would have been those out there were nervous that we're going to be another upside surprise, like we had that monster 0.9 last time. Mm. And the uh, the core rate was expected to be point. And that was actually one-tenth lower at 0.3. So, you know, we've discussed used car prices at length, you know, many times on this podcast. Well, they were essentially flat, right? Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. It's because everyone's – because the driving season's on now. I mean, there was a rush, wasn't there? Yes, the the famous US driving season. You you, you can't not have a car for the driving season. It's got to be on the drive where you're ready to go. So they've got the one that starts on January the 1st and ends on December the 31st? (laughs) I think it (laughs) finishes on June the 31st, doesn't it? But anyway, that's – subsided and food as well yes. uh, i mean that that i mean that's a that's a chunk of the inflation isn't it um it is i think the food prices are still pretty um elevated uh, yeah. elevated mm. you know um and the energy story so we've had what three of the big four that really pushed up the core rate uh, yeah. and headline rate last time three of those sort of flatlined or, or partially reversed so um airfares airfares aren't going to grow very much because of competition obviously but the interesting thing <gasps> exactly. about grocery shopping is so much of it is moving online so the penetration of uh, of online groceries was 24 percent of the market in 2019 in the US. Yes. this year it's going to be somewhere between 51 and 57 percent amazing isn't and it online is a bit more expensive isn't it there's no special so that that will be affected yes. prices yes 
Well, yeah, I, th- I think it's I think it's true to say that in the certainly in the goods category and recently in services, you know, tourism and so forth, there has been more pricing power. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know, because uh, you know, they're emptying supermarket shelves and so forth, you would have thought that's eased off quite a lot uh, and wouldn't have picked up a lot. Perhaps a little bit more in some of those states that are less vaccinated in the US. Perhaps, yeah. Phil, but... Um, so how does the Fed react to all of this then? Because, I mean, they've got jobs growing, inflation's starting to ease. Uh, I mean, this is all more fuel to the fire, isn't it, for cutting the uh, the QE program sooner? Well, I think that, um, that that's 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 really um, subject to them what making the, uh, the famous substantial further progress towards their um, price stability and employment mandates. I think, you know, the fact that we've got a lower than expected inflation read today, not massively lower than expected, but certainly a lot lower than last month, um, gives force to the argument that the Fed's got some time now and, and uh, even, less, uh, even less anxiety over inflation. So time to really prosecute towards the maximum employment mandate. But uh, and of course they have made progress there. So I think it's almost uh, if there's any one common message we've had out of Fed speakers from the most dovish to the most hawkish uh, in the past two weeks is that you know within we're within sort of one to three meetings of the Fed announcing a taper. And uh, it'll it'll happen soon after well, that. They all do seem to be jumping on that side of the uh, of the divide, don't they? So Esther George from the Kansas City Fed, uh, she's been sort of like saying now is the time to act. She's been fairly reluctant to move in the past. Uh, Raphael Bostic from the Atlantic Fed, he was talking about it as well overnight, but also the need to look at the income disparities that have emerged during the pandemic. But you know, can the Fed really do anything about that? In that big speech that he gave overnight, um, which was. Um, an economy that, that works for all. Um, and the, the big theme there is what the Fed can do to lessen uh, income and opportunity disparities. You know, what was it, his definition of maximum employment when every American who wants a job can find one? So this is not something we've heard from central banks mm. in the past, right? So it's quite different to say once we get to uh, an unemployment rate of you know, high threes or low fours, we've reached full employment and then we can start to increase interest rates. It's going to be when we judge that we've, you know, doing, done the maximum we can do to uh, offer growth and and uh, employment opportunities and, and which will help to le- lessen disparities in time. Of course, the Fed can't fix all of that. No. But you just spoke a lot about some of the programs they're doing, you know, on the ground as well. But also there's nothing like a job to... Um, help lift people out of um, sure. lack of opportunity and, and income. Yeah, but you, t- you tend to think it's more government policy rather than a monetary policy, don't you? Uh, both, both, absolutely. But if the more they can prolong the recovery, mm. the more it stretches into the, um, you know, I hate to use that term, trickle down and so forth, but um, <laughs> no, more please. employment opportunities, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That, that famous trickle, yeah, that works so well, oh, doesn't the, it? The famous trickle theory, yes. <laughs> so, and then Kaplan as well uh, saying, uh, well, he thinks things will improve and, and he says he's, well, if they improve, I should say, he would support a plan at the September meetings to start uh, tapering from October. Uh, he basically said, uh, you know, he said he said that before, hasn't he? Well, let's take the foot off the yes. accelerator sooner so we don't have to take more aggressive action later. Yes, well, Tapering is one thing, and I think the market is prepared for tapering now. So I don't think that, well, it's just a matter of when that's going to occur. Is it going to be as soon as the September meeting, which we would need, you know, a super-duper 
um, employment report next time uh, really stepped up or is it going to be the November or December meetings? But I don't think that will surprise anyone. But I think there is an interesting debate going on behind the scenes about what would be the uh, grounds for them starting to increase interest rates. And according to their, you know, their statement on longer-term goals of monetary policy last year, it's all about their uh, maximum employment mandate, which, which Bostick today uh, you know, overnight described as you know, meeting their employment goals, plural, not just one particular goal. But I don't know whether everyone is completely on board with that. You just don't get quite clarity on that. Certainly on board with Powell and Brainard, but uh, all the others, I'm not sure. And Treasury yields, we saw them switch direction, didn't we, from yesterday. They're a little bit lower today. Two points helped by a strong bond auction today, over $2 billion of uh, 22 to 30-year Treasuries. Yes. Offered to cover ratio of 2.6 times, which is better than last time, which was 2.46 times. It's been an it's been an interesting day an interesting day for the bond market today, Phil. Because we had the um, the CPI released off the bat this morning in, in the first thing in the US, uh, and we did see a bit of a rally on the back of that um, for the reasons that we we spoke about. Then it was pared back somewhat. An interesting thing happened into the um, the, the bond tender announcement is that yields started to actually go back up a bit, mm. but. Um, there was a record, what they call an indirect bid. So this is the the bids, you know, for, at the tender for uh, which are channeled through the New York Fed from the likes of foreign central banks, you know, to add to their reserves and so forth. And um, it, as you said, we've, we've seen quite a big rally in the wake of that. So you know, yields have been as high as one thirty seven on the ten year and as low as you know, below 131 today, so quite a big range. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what, something else that's uh, seen quite a big range today and over recent months is oil. Uh, I, 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 you know, one day it's falling because the recovery is slowing and the next day it's picking up because <laughs> demand is recovering. Uh, and then to add yes. to all of that, so today, uh, well, it's been all over the place today. We did have uh, news uh, in the last few hours. There's uh, been an explosion on an oil tanker uh, in the Syrian port of Latakia. Uh, and it, it's a tanker that's been used to transport Iranian oil to Syria, so uh, yes. So uh, there's some finger pointing at Israel behind this. this is a ten- you know the tensions certainly ratcheting up, aren't they, between Iran and Israel? Israel, I should say, has denied any involvement in this, but I think that's uh, that's pushed oil a little bit higher. But there's a few other things going on today yes, as well. Yes, yes, as you say, just in the last what hour to hour and a half, you've seen oil push up from seventy dollars to well over seventy one dollars. Mm. Um, so, but it has been, it's had a big, uh, it's had a lot of uh, volatility and two-way price action today. So earlier today, the uh, US, US National Security Advisor, Jake Sullivan, uh, has, well, is expressing his displeasure with the uh, inadequacy of the OPEC plus agreement to add, you know, what was it, the 400,000 barrels a day to, yeah. um, to output. Um, now, we did see all prices come off in the wake of that. You know, uh, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Um, you know, and um, but not much. I mean, you know, it's not gone, much. I mean, it's yeah, gone from like come from forty to seventy from last November. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, that, that's going to be one of the. You know, talking about influences on inflation, that's going to be one of them, obviously. Exactly. I think we all know that. You know, this is all to sort of um, support the U.S. recovery. But I mean, mm-hmm. OPEX in the process of of um, trying to maximise their own revenues as yeah. well, so balancing supply and uh, and prices, right? So, I mean, they don't want to 
push prices down and, and cut their revenue. So that it, and and as you said, Phil, it's a lot of it is about the reopening story and whether people, the markets are more worried about the Delta variant and, and so forth. Yeah. So yeah. Um, you know, it's been mostly higher, hasn't it? But it it just in the last few weeks, it has um, really struggled to um, to rally further decisively. So um, in the short term, that might see um, a little bit less energy inflation pressure now, in the next CPI anyway. We've got a few more things to cover, so we'll have to do it really quickly. First of all, Aussie consumer confidence for August, down a little from July. I mean, no surprises there, but still at 104.1, uh, the, the lowest it's since October, but still over 100. So despite everything, uh, optimism ensues. I guess that's because, you know, we're all getting the jab, so everyone feels happy about yeah. that. Yeah, the interesting thing for me was that they asked – people who are vaccinated relative to those ah. who aren't vaccinated and not planning to be vaccinated. And those who are vaccinated, 10.6 percentage points happier, either if they've had the vax or planning to get the vax relative to those that haven't. So there's that unease amongst mm. the the people who don't want to get vaccinated. So yeah. will yeah. they get vaccinated? Maybe I'll think my hunch is probably a lot of them will, but we'll see. Yeah, the conspiracy theorists would say they're putting something in the vaccine to make them happier. Uh, that's <laughs> which, uh, well, you know, it works. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, it's a good idea, isn't it? I don't know why they haven't thought of that. And today, uh, I think the Real Estate Institute uh, get the house prices in New Zealand today in June. The annual growth was almost 29% to Taranaki. Uh, Dave, 42% up. Uh, this has got to calm down at some point, hasn't it? Well, it's going to start next week, isn't it, with rate uh, with a rate rise from the mm. RBNZ? Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. All right, and very quickly, U- UK GDP, the uh, three-month average to June. Now, this precedes all the lifting of all the restrictions, uh, but it, it was the 8th of March that they actually started yes. lifting restrictions, but it, uh, although it's 12th of April uh, before non-essential retail opened. So this should be a good number, but not as good as the next one. Correct. On I think basis. that's it. I think that's it. Uh, I think the market knows that story well and truly from the PMIs. So, yeah, um, I think so. All right, and US jobless claims as well. I guess it's going to be interesting to watch those weekly numbers from now on after that very strong non-farm payrolls number last week. Indeed. That's what you want to say on that. That's anyone. So you had to be short, and there we are. One word answers. I love that. Uh, we'll catch you again soon, Dave. Thanks for your Phil. All the best. Cheers. <laughs> Told them to be quick, and there we are. We're finished on time. That's it for the morning call. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Back again tomorrow morning. See you then.